Hey, what is going on guys? It's DK. Back at you with another video here. It's ready the two-game NBA main slate on Tuesday. Uh, before I get into the video, if you guys are new to the channel, my name is DK. I make daily videos breaking down NBA, NFL, PGA, and esports. Daily fantasy sports slates. Um, real quick, before I get into the analysis, I do want to say thank you guys again for all support. Currently closing in on 4.6 thousand subscribers. Uh, the easiest way to support me right now, since all the content is free, leave a like button on the video. Hit the, subscribe, hit the subscribe button if you haven't already, and hit the notification bell so you know when I upload videos, you know when I go live. Um, I'm going to try to uh, hit, my goal is to hit 6K subscribers by the end of September, so we've got a month to go, see if that's possible with the NFL season upcoming. Um, also, if you guys are not, uh, if you cannot watch the videos, I uh, upload on Apple Podcasts. The link is in the description below. It's the DKDFS show. But with that out of the way, let's jump into the video. So before we talk about players and the prices for this two-game slate, let's look back at my lineup here from Monday slate. So Monday, off to a pretty good start. Uh, I was advocating for the balance approach. I did not trust the value, the really cheap value. A guy like Iguodala was 50% owned. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 70% owned against a team that he had struggled Big time this season. So that surprised me a bit. Again, I was pretty pretty into the, the balance approach. Um, so let's go over my lineup. Drogic, uh, SGA, Middleton, Crowder, Noel, Hill, Butler, and Paul. I mentioned, you know, if you're if you're fading honest with myself, it makes sense to get a guy Chris Middleton who's been solid. Um, I went back to the two OKC guards because I knew the ownership would drop a bit on them. SGA is still pretty popular, 46%. Chris Paul at under 20%. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, I was, I was high in the Miami guys. I just like their prices. Drogic, uh, Butler, and Bam. Mentioned liking all three. I want Jay Crowder up for value because I didn't trust a guy like Iguodala. He's been solid. Uh, Middleton uh, was uh, in, you know now on fire. But the Giannis fade is looking good. Uh, sure, there's a few minutes left. He could go crazy in his last few minutes. but And then I took a shot in Noel because I did not trust Iguodala. I did not trust some of the other really cheap value. So, Sure. He, it, Noel's a really risky play. I know that. He's only going to play 12 to 15 minutes. But if he can get me like 12 to 15 fancy points, I'll take that all day long. Um, and then George Hill, yeah, he's not doing great, but that was that was chalk value that I was willing to play with there being so, so little value. I was fine. Even if he finishes with 14, fine with me. I mean, he was the absolute chalk. So, um, yeah, looking pretty good. Uh, so that's really the look back there. Um Let's now take a look at this two-game slate. Let's look at the odds here. So Celtics-Raptors is the 217 over-under. Raptors are 1.5-point favorites. They got blown out the last slate. I think that will lower the ownership on some of these Toronto guys. So I like buying into guys after they, they get blown out because the ownership will just drop. And then the late-night hammer here. I am excited to watch this Game 7 Jazz-Nuggets 218 over-under. It's a one-point spread. Um, yeah, that game's going to be really, really fun to watch. So... Let's, let's talk about center first, and Nikola Jokic at 9-5. So, um, am I going to prioritize Jokic? I think he's fine. Um, I mean, you have seen the upside on Jamal Murray this series. You have seen the upside on Donovan Mitchell. They are just completely taking over. Um, so, it's hard for me right now to prioritize Jokic over those guys, as much as that, like, is weird to sound, because, I mean, with when those guys are all three at the same price, like, in the regular season, I'm going to take Jokic all day. But this isn't the regular season. This is the playoffs. And literally, it's in the fourth quarter. It's all Donovan Mitchell. It's all Jamal Murray. Sure, they might make adjustments, but they haven't yet. It's a seven-game series. And teams defensively, they have not switched. Like, they've not double-teamed. They've not made any changes. So, 
doesn't look like they're going to change the way they're playing it. And if that's the case, I mean, even though even with Mitchell and Jamal Murray so overpriced, I'm just going to give the edge to those two guys right now. So that's going to lower the ownership significantly on Jokic, I think. Like, I think he's going to go low-owned. I don't hate the idea of getting Jokic. Can you play all three of those guys? You can. You can just run a game stack of Jokic, Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, what you're going to hope for is probably a blowout in that first game, which I don't think is going to happen. So, yeah, Jokic is just a contrarian play for me right now. I think he's probably a safe option, right? He prob- He's going to play... 40-ish minutes, he'll probably get somewhere between 40 to 50-ish fancy points, so I think he's safe. Is is he going to break the slate? I don't, I mean, I don't think so. Whatever that game was, he had an amazing start in the first quarter, but then cooled off. Uh, they're literally just giving the ball to Jamal Murray and, and letting him go to work, so I think Jokic is still in play, but more of a contrarian play, and there's just no way in playing Rudy Gobert at 7-9. He continues to get ownership. I don't get it. He literally needs like three blocks, three steals for him to get value. So there's just absolutely no way I'm paying 7-9 for Rudy Gobert. I think he is probably the easiest, one of the easiest fades. Him, Pascal Siakam, in my opinion, are two of the easiest fades of the day at their respective prices. There's just absolutely no way I'm playing Rudy Gobert. Um, Serge Ibaka is at 6-2. I'm going to pass, too. He had a good first half, but then cooled off in the second half. Um, he's a good point-per-minute guy, but he's only going to play 20, 25-ish minutes. Again, this is a different matchup. This is Boston. This is not the same as Brooklyn, who played no defense. So I know Ibaka's been really good. I still think he's playable, but I'm not going to prioritize him at 6-2. Daniel Tice, so this is tricky. Um, There's not a whole lot of great value in the slate, once again. Um, He had an outlier performance. 15 rebounds in 25 minutes. He shot pretty well. 13 points, 15 rebounds. That's an outlier for Daniel Tice. And now the price is way up to 5-2. So I'm okay getting away from him. I think he will still get some ownership. Um, the issue is there's not a whole lot of great plays around his price. Like you have Jeremy Grant, you have Royce O'Neal. So I think Tice is still in play. What I'm worried about is I don't like usually getting to a value guy after a big game because their ownership is going to jump, jump significantly. So... Yeah, it's a tough one. I, I'm kind of undecided right now what I'm going to do with Daniel Tice. Millsap's an easy fade at 4-7. He's just not getting the minutes. He had one game where he played 35 minutes. Other than that, just not there. So there's just no way I'm paying 4-7 for Millsap. Cantor, I mentioned there's an outside chance he would get a DNP in this game, and he did. He did not play. So I don't think he plays in this game. You never know. Things could change. But the reason why I thought he was getting rotation minutes there was his he matched up well against Embiid. I don't think he matched up well against Ibaka. So I'm just not playing at his canter. Marcus Gasol's a 4-1. He played 26 minutes that last game, which is good to see. If he's going to play minutes into the mid-20s instead of like 17 to 20, then he becomes more viable. Now, sure, he's just definitely a shell of his former self, but the value is very, very thin on the slate. I'm okay getting to Marcus Gasol 4-1. I don't think he kills me. I know he had six there against Brooklyn, but I think probably his range of outcomes is somewhere a 15 to 25. And I'm fine with that on the slate because there's very, very little value. So I think Gasol looks like a decent value play. And I think right now, the top value play is Robert Williams. He's a really good point per minute guy and he played 19 minutes. If he is going to play the backup center role and play 15 to 20 minutes, then yeah, he looks really good. Now, I would not expect 24 fantasy points again from him, but 
he's a basically min price. And again, he's a good point per minute guy. The ownership will jump, jump in him a lot. Like I think he's going to be pretty popular. But if he's going to continue to get those minutes, I, I think he's for sure in play as a punt. With there being so, so little value, I think we get 15 to 20 minutes. And I think we probably get somewhere between like 12 to 20 fancy points. And, and in this slate, I'm good with it. Because I want to get to those stars in my lineup. So, yeah, I think Robert Williams is, is a viable punt for sure here. And that's really it for center. So let's talk about power forward. Tatum's at 9-2. He's going to be low-owned. Um, had, had a subpar game. He did apps. I think he had zero fancy points in the first quarter. Still finished with almost 40 fancy points, which is, like, he has upside to get to 60. He will go low-owned. It's a tougher spot. The game blew out, so he probably lost a few extra minutes there. Um, I have interest in Tatum as a spend-up, but right now, he's just slightly more contrarian. Like, as weird as it sounds, I prefer Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell right now as spend-ups. Even though they're way overpriced, it's just... I, I like them a little bit better. I, uh, but that's not saying Tatum is out of play. right? Don't rule out Tatum because he can go for 60. If his shot is falling, he can go for 60. He's not going to be that high owned in my opinion. Siakam, I'm going to pass. I know he got in foul trouble. Still in 34 minutes, only had 22 fancy points. I prefer the Toronto guards. I, I think they've been more consistent. I think they have more upside right now than Siakam. And it's, again, it's not a good matchup. So I'm not going to get to Pascal Siakam at 8K. I think that's a, an, an easy fade. MPJ's at 5'5". This is a tricky one. He shot the ball terribly. 1 of 7, 0 of 5 from downtown. Still put up 18 fancy points. He can go for 30 plus when shooting the ball well, but you're not really getting him at a discount. So I think he's in play, but he's a riskier option for sure. And you just, you never really know with Mike Malone. Like, I would not be totally shocked if he started, if he came out the bench and started bad, if he played like 15 minutes. Would not be surprised at all, because it's just so hard to trust Mike Malone on a night to night basis that. I think he's in play, but he's just a contrarian play right now. Like, Tice is definitely the safer option, even though he's going to be way higher owned. Jeremy Grant's a 5-1. He'll play 35 minutes. We know that. Like, the minutes will be there on him. He's a lower usage guy. He, he's a decent shooter, though, so I'm okay with Jeremy Grant. I think he's slightly overpriced, but around this price range, there's not a lot of standout plays. So what I know with Grant, again, is the minutes will be there. As long as he can hit a couple threes, I don't think he's going to completely kill me. So I'm okay with Grant at 5-1. I also have interest in OG Ananubia for eight. Very, very similar play to Jeremy Grant. He's out there for his defense. But what we know is the minutes will be there. He'll play 30 to 35-ish. I don't think he's going to absolutely kill me. Uh, I don't think he's going to win the slate for me. But with there being so, so little value, like I mentioned, I think OG looks looks decent here. Yeah, I'm not getting a Paul Millsap cross him off. Royce O'Neal's viable at 4-5. The ownership will drop in him. He was somewhat high-owned that last slate. Not not super chalky, but only 13 fancy points. Um, I think he's viable. I mean, he's him, Jeremy Grant, and OG Ananubi are all very similar plays to me. I don't really have a strong take. Royce is the cheapest of the three. He'll probably be the lowest owned of that bunch. But, yeah, Grant, OG, Royce O'Neal, whatever fits through the lineup, I think all three are very, very similar. The minutes will be there in them that we know. Niang is a punt, but he's in play. He played 20 minutes last game, which is good. Like, he was only playing, like, 10 to 15 minutes in that, um, like, earlier on. Now, if we get, like, 20-ish from Niang, I think he's in play. But it's a risky play for sure. Like, the floor is probably 8 to 10 fancy points. His ceiling is probably 20-ish, so 
I probably feel a little bit more comfortable going to Robert Williams, um, but it still makes me feel uneasy with Robert Williams because, like, Stevens could just go to Cantor. You don't know. Um, so there's still no, like, necessary, like, there's no, like, lock that Robert Williams is going to get those minutes, which is a little bit worrisome. But I think if Williams gets the 15 to 20 minutes, he'll probably outscore a guy like Niang. Now, again, not saying Niang's out of play, but I think I slightly give the edge to Rob Williams over him. Let's talk about small forward. Already mentioned Tatum. Brown at 7-3. Another play that will go low round. He had a bad shooting day, 6 of 18. Um, yeah, I just, I'm probably not going to do it. I mean, he will be low owned, but I prefer Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker is just a lot safer right now, in my opinion, with his floor of assists. Kemba is a guy that can get you 8 to 10 assists. He had 10 assists last game. So I think this is floor is higher than Brown. Now, Brown can still go for 40, 50 plus. We've seen it from him, but I don't know if I'm going to prioritize Jalen Brown in the slate. Joe Ingles at 5'3". He's just not been good. He, he just really hasn't. Um, I'm probably not going to do it. His ownership will be really low. He can still get you there. He can still get 25 to 30, but he has to hit his threes. And he's not. He's literally shot two, four, eight, and four times last four games. So... Their offense down the stretch is give the ball to Donovan Mitchell and get the hell out of the way. So, and the minutes aren't really amazing on him. I'm probably not going to get to Ingles. Powell's a 4-9. He's a viable play off the bench. Um, the floor is somewhat low because he's a little bit scoring dependent. But we've seen upside games from him, right? In that last game against Brooklyn, uh, he went for 44. But that again, that was different circumstances. We had Lowry injured. We have Fred Van Fleet foul trouble. Um, I still think he's playable here. Uh, like, he probably has the most upside out of all those guys I mentioned, like O'Neal, Grant, um, O'Jan, and Newby. But his floor might be pretty low compared to them. It's a tricky one. Like, his upside is 30 to 35, I would say. It, he's got to knock down his threes. He's a good shooter. If he's knocking down his threes, he can go for that. So, I have interest in Paul. I think he's a little bit of a riskier option, though. Torrey Craig, I'm not other. If people go to Torrey Craig, that's fine. I, I'm just not doing it. I know he had a good game, decent game the last time in 22 minutes. That's not a lot of performance from him. We're not going to get 25 again from Torrey Craig. Um, I prefer other value. I'll let others chase this game. I'm just, I'm just no way I'm playing Torrey Craig. And that's it for small forwards. Let's talk about shooting guard. Mitchell's at 9 9. It, he's overpriced. Like, in a normal game, in a regular season game, 9 9 is way overpriced for Mitchell, but. This is not the regular season. This is the playoffs. He's playing 40 minutes, and it's just a nut. Like, Denver just cannot stop him. The pick and roll, like, they just they just can't guard it. It's literally the Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray show in the fourth quarter. I know both are overpriced compared to what they're usually are in the regular season. Like, by a lot. Mitchell's usually 7.5 to 8K. Jamal Murray's, like, 6.5 to 7.5K. So you're for sure overpaying from him, but I, I just the upside is absolutely massive. We've seen 81, 66, and 67 fancy points from Donald Mitchell this series. Sure, we've also seen a game where he's put 31 and 42, but those are blowout games. It's just a shot I'm willing to take. Um, I don't have a good gauge on what the ownership's going to be, but I'm fine going back to Mitchell. I'm fine going back to Murray. Normally, I don't like going to guys after big games, but this is a different scenario here. So I'm all in on Mitchell. I'm all in on Jamal Murray. Love them both. Um... Maybe the price tag scares some people away, but there's just, I'm playing them both tomorrow. I'll tell you guys that much. I'm playing them both. 
Um, we're going to get over 40 minutes from Jamal Murray. We're going to get about 40 from Donovan Mitchell, and they both just take over in the fourth. We've had 82, 68, and 67 fans points from Jamal Murray. Sure, he's been shooting the ball lights out, right? 18 of 31, 17 of 26, 17 of 24. Can he come back down to earth in game seven? Yes. If he does, I probably lose, but I'm just willing to take the shot there because the upside in both these guys is massive. So I like both quite a bit. I'll be playing them both. Fred Van Fleet's at 7-8. I like Fred Van Fleet, and I like him a lot today, or for tomorrow's slate. He shot the ball 3 of 16 and still put up 40 fancy points. Now, sure, six steals, that's an outlier, but the four is still, like, when he's having a bad shooting day, he's still not going to kill you. And when he shoots the ball well, when he's having a good shooting day, like he did this game against Brooklyn, 11 of 15, the upside is 50, 60 fancy points. So, sure. Matchup's not great, but I don't think we'll get 3 of 16 shooting from him again. I'm fine going back to Fred Van Fleet. I like him a good amount here at 7-8. Marcus Marks at 6K. This is a tricky one. He was chalky last slate. He shot the ball really well. 6 of 10, 5 of 9 from downtown. I don't think we get that again from Marcus Smart. And I think the ownership will be there on him. So this is a play in the mid-range that I'm actually okay getting away from. I don't think he's a terrible play. But I think the ownership will be inflated after the last game. I don't think he continues to shoot that well. So, I mean, look at the Philly series, right? 32 minutes, 8 fancy points. 30 minutes, 21 fancy points. 39 minutes, 34, not bad. And then 43 minutes, 20 fancy points. Sure, he was chalky and shot the ball well, got to 36. But I'm not saying he's a terrible play. I just think he'll be higher owned than he should. So I'm fine getting away from Marcus Smart. Clarkson's viable at 5-4. Like, I prefer him to Ingles right now. As weird as that sounds, um, Clarkson's a guy that is score independent. He had a good start to the game and then just completely disappeared at the end because it's a Donovan Mitchell show at the end of the game. Um, but he's viable. He can go for 30-plus. I think he's solid in the mid-range. Um, I normally don't like playing score independent guys, but look at the guys priced around him. Like, they're all out there for his, their defense. Clarkson's a guy that can score the ball. So the upside, I think, in Clarkson is, like, highest, right? That's why I mentioned that with Powell, too. Those are two guys that can put the ball in the bucket. I'm fine getting to Clarkson at 5-4. Gary Harris at 3-9. This is a slate we have very, very little value. His first game back only played 21 Mets, but was good defensively. Like, he was really good when he was out there. Didn't do a whole lot offensively. It's a tricky one. Um, I think the Mets go up in a must-win game. Uh, they need him out there for his defense. I think he's a viable punt. Like, if we get 25 to 30 minutes from Gary Harris, then he's a lot more viable. I know we only had eight fancy points the last game, but that was his first game in months. So this is a tricky one. I'm a little bit undecided, but I think Gary Harris is in play. Like, personally, I would rather get to Gary Harris over Torrey Craig. If people are going to chase that Craig game, I'll just go to Gary Harris, or prefer Gary Harris to him. And that's it. Don't play Dozier. I know some people play Dozier in the showdown. I mentioned that if Gary Harris is going to play, he's most likely not going to play. He did not. Terrence Davis only played like a few minutes and played in garbage time, so he's not going to get enough run for me to consider him. Lastly, point guard. Mention Mitchell. Mention Murray. I'm told you guys I'm going back to the wall there. I know the ownership will be, I think, somewhat high, but I'm willing to, to go there. Um, I mentioned liking Fred Van Fleet. I also have mentioned Kyle Lowry at 7-7. I like both the Toronto guards here. Uh, both didn't have an amazing game, and the blew out. I don't think it blows out again. And I just like the prices on both the Toronto guys. Both Lowry and Fred Van Fleet, I like a good amount here at under 8K. I also like Kemba Walker. 
He's my favorite Boston guy for sure of those studs at 7'6". I know the ownership will probably be the highest on him, but the floor is the highest, right? 10 assists. He's just a guy that can get you a lot of assists, and when he's scoring the ball, the upside is 40, 50 plus. So, sure, the price is slowly coming up on Kemba, but I prefer him to Jalen Brown. Now, if you want to get contrarian, again, Kemba's going to be probably five times the ownership as Jalen Brown, so you could, could, could always go to Brown, right? There's It's not out of the realm of possibilities that Jalen Brown outscores Kemba Walker. I just think Kemba Walker is safer right now than Jalen Brown. Mike Conley's at 6'8". I think he looks like a decent play. I don't really have a strong take here. He'll play 34-ish minutes. It's a must-win game, obviously, Game 7. I think his, I think he'll probably get somewhere between 30 to 40 fantasy points. At 6.8K, that's not bad. So I think Conley is a pretty decent play here in the mid-range. Like, I much, much prefer Conley to Marcus Smart. Much prefer Conley to Marcus Smart. Monte Morris at 4-2. He did play 25 minutes. I just don't know how many minutes he's going to play. He could play 15. He could play 25 to 30. If he hits the higher end, he could be viable, but you're not really getting him at a discount at 4-2. So he's playable, but don't feel great. Lastly, Wanamaker. I know I played him last slate. It's a gross It's a gross play for sure. He did get extended a bit in garbage time. Um, but at 3-5, he's another viable punt. I think we get t- around 20 minutes from him. It's a risky, risky play for sure, but he's he's viable. And that's really what I got for this two-game slate. So I think it's, that's going to wrap it up for the video today, guys. If you have been enjoying the content so far, I'd really appreciate it. If you leave a like button on the video, hit the subscribe button if you haven't already, and hit the notification bell. I will be live streaming for this slate 30 minutes before lock, so be sure to check out the live stream, guys. I'll go over all the news we have um, for the day. We're not really waiting on anything big time. Um, and then give you guys a team-by-team breakdown and answer any questions you guys have at the end. So thanks again, guys. Hope you guys all have a good night, and I will see you all tomorrow in the live stream.